So it was about a month ago, and Pastor Ken and Patty, they were back in Michigan, and we got to spend some time going out for dinner with them. And as we were out to dinner, um, I just really felt the Holy Spirit impress upon my heart that I was supposed to share with him an illustration that I'm going to show you guys today. And I didn't have this big, beautiful, fancy whiteboard like I do this morning. All I had was a napkin and a little marker that I somehow found in my purse. Um, so I showed them the five-minute version of this drawing, and the next morning, Pastor Ken said, wow, you need to come show that to our church. So here I am. How fun is God, right? Right? Following God is just an incredible adventure. Um, he will always keep you on your toes. There's always something more that he has in store for you, and I can promise you it is just the most fun you will ever get to have. But if I'm honest, I can say that in the beginning of my walk with the Lord, it really didn't feel that way. It felt like this uphill battle, trying to figure out, how do I live this Christian life? I was full of fear, I was full of worry and anxiety, and we have an incredible church back in Michigan incredible teachers, just like you guys have an amazing anointed pastor here at Radius Church. And every single week I went to church and I would learn about the Christian life. And I felt like it was this huge jigsaw puzzle and I could not figure out how to put these pieces together. And I would go to church one week and I would learn about um, being faithful and giving and tithing and serving. And it felt like I was getting these pieces, and yet I could never figure out how it fit together. I read about the abundant life that Jesus came to give to us, and yet I wasn't experiencing the abundant life. I read about I can have peace in every single circumstance, and yet I was full of fear. And I would look around and think, wow, everybody else seems to have it all figured out they look like they really got it together. So I learned quickly to walk into church and to put this pretty face on and smile and say, yeah, yup, I know what I'm doing. I have it all together. I can do this Christian life thing. But on the inside, I kept thinking, is this all there is, Lord? Is this all there is to the Christian life? And I began to just um, get stuck in that place of wondering. And I still remember the first time that I saw the illustration that I'm going to show you guys this morning. Um, it was back in 2015, and Pat and I, we were leading in our high school ministry. And I had all these amazing high school girls that they loved Jesus, but they were struggling with depression and anxiety, just like I was. And every single week I would tell them, don't you know that Jesus loves you? And it felt like my words were just bouncing right off of them and hitting the floor. And I couldn't figure out, why is this not working? Why is it not making sense and actually changing their lives? And I shared this problem that I was having with a dear friend at our church. Um, little did I know, she's the director of the Life Center in Grand Rapids, Michigan, a counseling center and ministry equipping center. And she asked me if she could show me what was going on. And in that moment, the Lord just opened my eyes. 
and he began to just reveal his love for me. And he set me on a path, not only to be able to help all those high school girls, but to be able to bring me to a place of freedom, to show me all the broken places that were inside of me, to show me what it was that I was missing in this Christian life puzzle so I could begin to walk it out. So if you are here this morning and you've ever felt like, God, is this all there is? Is this all that you have in store for me? Well, then I believe he has something really incredible for you this morning. Would you pray with me? Father God, we just thank you so much for the ability to come together as your sons and your daughters. Lord, we just praise you for who you are. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence here. We know that my words can't make any changes in their lives. It is you, Lord, who reveals truth. It is you that penetrates every single heart. So God, whatever distractions we came in with this morning, would you just set them aside so that we can hear whatever it is, God, that you have in store for each and every one of us. We just praise you in advance for what you'll do. It is in your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. So last week, Pastor Ken was talking about in his series, Brain Battle, how we are created in three parts. So just like God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, we exist as triune beings. And we are essentially a body, which is just the vehicle, the... Um, surroundings that God gave us to be able to get around in this physical world that we live in. We have a soul, and our soul is our unique personality, and we have a spirit. Now, the world that we live in today places a lot of emphasis on what you can see on the outside. And they tell, they tell us that our identity is found in what we look like. So what color skin I have, what my gender is, um, what size clothes I wear. But God says something incredibly different about us. God tells us in 1 Samuel 16, 7, for God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at our heart. And at our very heart, we are spiritual beings. And our identity is found in our spirit. Now, there is only one of two possible identities that we can have. We are either a child of God, meaning that we have been saved, we have surrendered our life to Jesus, and we're living for him, or we are unsaved, meaning we haven't made a decision for Jesus yet. And we are all born unsaved, separated from God by sin. Paul tells us in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 5, that when Adam sinned, that sin, it spread to all mankind. And every single one of us has been born separated from God 
dead in our sin and trespasses. There is nothing that we could ever do to be good enough for God. All we have before we come to know Jesus is our own ability to try to make life work for us, to try to somehow be good enough, to be successful enough to make this life work and to meet all of our needs. We were born with these needs to be loved, to be accepted, to have worth and value, to be safe and secure. So I'm depending on my own self, how smart I am, how strong I am, how successful I am, how funny I am, in order to get all of these needs met. And the Bible calls that living in our own strength, the flesh, or some translations will call it the sinful nature. And that's all I have in my own strength, trying to figure out this life trying to make myself a success. But praise God that he doesn't leave us in this condition. He had a plan all the way from the very beginning to send us a savior so that we didn't have to live life in our own strength anymore. My favorite verse in the entire Bible is Ephesians 2, verse four through seven. And it says, but God, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So in that moment, when you made that decision for Jesus, two amazing things happened. Not only was our sin paid for, that means we're going to heaven with him someday. That's really incredible. But we were given this brand new life. The Bible tells us that we are now new creations in Christ. And that we have been united to Jesus. The Bible tells us that we are now holy that we are righteous. And the beautiful song we were singing, we've been redeemed. And we have been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And that's a finished work. There is nothing that we could ever do to make ourselves be more loved or less loved. It was all a free gift based on what Jesus did. And this is union language, marriage language. So we've been united to Christ. So now everything that Jesus has, you have. So I think about when I stood at the altar with my husband um, over 15 years ago now, and we stood facing each other, and we said our I do's. And the Bible says the two became one. And now everything that Pat has belongs to me. So um, I didn't really have um, any 
like fancy vehicles or anything that I cherished back then, but Pat had this really incredible truck. And all of a sudden, when I get married, now I have a really incredible truck. <laughs> and I have been a stay-at-home mom for most of our married life. I don't make any money outside of the home. And yet, I have all of the money, right? Because I'm <laughs> united to Pat. So pretty incredible that we're united to Jesus. So if we are ever in a place where we're thinking we lack patience or we lack understanding or wisdom, Jesus is all of those things. And if we've been united to Jesus, then we have access to all that he has. So this is an incredible thing when we come to know Jesus. We get to go to heaven someday. That's amazing. But if the only purpose for us here on earth was going to heaven someday, then wouldn't we have just gotten beamed up to heaven the minute that we said yes to Jesus? You see, God's only plan is not salvation. It is our salvation plus our sanctification. And sanctification is the process of getting all of this that happened on the inside of us to be evident on the outside of us until we are all mini Jesuses walking around expressing his life in a way through our unique personality that only we can. So the sanctification process is happening every single day, moment by moment in the life of a believer. And it's happening in our soul. Now our soul, it also is made up of three parts. In our soul, we have our mind, we have our emotions, and we have our will. So in our mind, we have all of our thoughts. And it's really interesting, um, Pastor Ken was sharing all these books he's read that I've, I've loved and read many of them also. But brain science has discovered that we have over 70,000 thoughts per day. Wow. It was really interesting. They added a new word this year to the dictionary. It was decision fatigue. I could say, <laughs> yeah, I can totally see decision fatigue. We have so many thoughts. So in our mind, we have all of our thoughts. And on a deeper level, we have our beliefs. And our beliefs, they are running under the surface of every single thing that we do. Most of the time, we're not even aware of our beliefs. So from the time we are really, really young, we start to receive messages from the world around us. And we receive these messages from key people in our life. So maybe a mom or dad, uh, maybe a teacher or a Bible study leader. And they start to tell us about how the world is, who we are, what life is like. And we start to form this belief system. And we've come to learn that these beliefs, they are all already formed by the time we are about 12 years old without us even being aware of it. So for a moment, let's pretend 
that we had an incredible mom and dad, that you came home from school every single day, mom and dad was there, there was food on the table, you knew that somebody was gonna be there to pick you up. So you started to believe, I'm safe. And that same mom and dad, they tucked you in every single night and they made sure to say, I love you. So you started to believe, I'm loved. But maybe that same mom and dad, because they loved you so much, they had really high expectations. And they wanted you to be the best at the sport. They wanted you to be the best at getting good grades at school. They wanted to make sure that your room was always clean. But you felt like the bar was here. And however much you tried, you could just only reach about here. And you started to believe, I'm not enough. Or maybe this family that I've been describing, maybe it looks nothing like the home that you grew up in. Maybe you grew up without a dad. Maybe he passed away or he left. Um, or maybe you got to see him just every other weekend and you started to believe, I'm on my own. Well, whatever is happening inside of our mind is always directly impacting our emotions. 100% of what I am thinking on is impacting my emotions. Now my emotions, they're not good, they're not bad, they're neutral. They are just an indicator of what is going on inside of my mind. So if under the surface of my life, I'm believing I'm loved, then I'm gonna feel pretty safe, pretty secure. Things are gonna be pretty good. But if I'm believing that I'm not enough, that I'm on my own, that is gonna cause me to feel anxious, worried, sad, scared, because what am I ever gonna do to make myself be enough? You see, anytime we believe something that says something different than what God would say about us, it is a lie. Yes. And those lies, they are incredibly painful. Yes. And they begin to impact everything in our life. Well, none of us like to feel worried, anxious, depressed, afraid. So we do what everybody does. We try to cope with the pain. We try to figure out a way to make ourselves feel better. And if I'm believing that I'm not enough, I'm gonna go down to my flesh and I'm gonna choose to cope in my own strength because I just don't know how do I go to God to get these needs met. All I know is doing life in my own strength, trying to fix it, trying to feel better trying to feel like I'm somehow enough. So maybe I become a pleaser. 
well, if I just say yes to everybody, then they'll like me. Then maybe I will feel like I'm enough. Maybe I become a workaholic. Maybe I start climbing the corporate ladder, trying to earn enough money to somehow prove, wow, I'm enough now. I got to this next level. Maybe um, none of this seems to be working, so I just try harder. Maybe I start to focus on my outward appearance. If I looked a certain way, if I had the certain body that the world says is attractive, then maybe I would be enough. And when none of this works, we tend to give up. Maybe we isolate. We want to be alone. Maybe we try to numb out and escape. Maybe through Netflix. Maybe through drinking, drugs, alcohol, sex. Something to take the edge off. To feel like we are enough. And for all of this trying, none of it ever seems to work to take away those feelings. And we learn the answer in the Bible, in the book of John. Jesus tells us that this way of living is never gonna equal peace. It's never gonna produce the abundant life that Jesus came to give us because we're depending on ourselves and not on the giver of life. And Jesus tells us in John 6, 63, it's the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. Wow. You see, this is not how God wants us to live in our own strength. So I like to think of the story of Tarzan. Have you guys all heard the story of Tarzan? Yeah. So Tarzan, he is a man, right? And he is raised by gorillas. And Tarzan, he learns quickly how to live life as a gorilla. He crawls around on all fours. He swings through the trees. He eats the food that the apes would eat. And for a while, he's doing life well. He's living just as if he is a gorilla. But then one day, Jane comes, and Jane tells Tarzan what his true identity is. You see, Tarzan is not a gorilla. He's a man. And Tarzan slowly learns to live out of his brand new identity. He doesn't crawl around on the ground anymore. He starts to stand, and he takes those wobbly steps learning how to walk. And he doesn't swing through the trees anymore. He starts to learn to walk and to get dressed and to eat the same way that we would eat as human beings. So we get to learn to live differently. And Tarzan, he could never have peace crawling around on the ground anymore because he recognized that's not who he is. And that's how the Christian life is for us as believers we start to recognize, I can choose moment by moment every single day. Do I want to be led by my flesh? Or do I want to be led by the Spirit? Yeah. 
and I'm never going to have peace living this way. So I get to learn what does it look like to take those weird, awkward first steps as a believer to learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And the amazing news is we don't have to do it by ourselves. We get to do it with Jesus. So we have these lies that we have believed, and they are what is behind every single one of these problems that we have. So where do we start? So I don't want to live by my flesh anymore, depending on myself to try to figure out this life. Now I get to enter into the brain battle, right? The brain battle, and it all starts in our mind. So the problem is these lies that we have believed. And we get to begin to start the process of renewing our mind so that Jesus takes these lies that we have believed and he begins to exchange them from the truth of God's word. You see, if I could make myself stop all of this crazy, wouldn't I have done it already? And if I could make myself feel better, wouldn't I have done it already? The problem is not the behavior. The problem is not the feelings. The problem is these lies that we have believed. So we start the process of renewing our mind. And we have four R letter words to help you guys remember them today. So renewing your mind, the four R's, is recognize, refuse, replace, repeat. So recognize, recognize, it's huge. Jesus tells us how we can begin to recognize what the truth is in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. And he says, if you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciple and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So in order to begin, we have to know what the truth is. Pastor Ken shared last week about thinking about what we're thinking about, whatever is true, whatever is lovely. But we need to begin to recognize those things that are going on inside of our mind. Um, Back in college, I was a bank teller. And one of the first things that we learned when I was a teller was how to figure out if money was real money or if it was counterfeit. And we spent a couple days studying the true, real dollar bills, $5 bills, $50 bills, $100 bills. And we studied those bills front and back so that we could know what the true bill looked like. And that way, if anything tried to come in that was counterfeit, we would be able to recognize it right away. You see, we have a very real enemy, and he is lying to us all the time. And he is trying to make our walk hindered 
so that we can't share Jesus with a generation that's in need. So we have to be able to know the truth. You see, we have our Bibles, our physical Bibles. I'm sure you have Bibles on your phone. We have access to read our Bibles more in this generation than any other generation. We have to know the Word of God if we want to be able to fight this battle in our mind so that we can recognize those lies as they begin to come into our life. The next R is refuse, right? Refuse. So when those lies come in and they tell you, you're not enough, you could never do that. Wow, that's too much for you. You're not qualified to do that. That's not what God would say about you. Right. And you refuse to let those thoughts run around in your head anymore. You see, you have the ability to allow things to stay in your mind or to be able to push them back out of your mind. And we do that through replacing those lies with the truth. And this is not mind over matter, positivity. It's the Holy Spirit that is doing this work in our lives. Yes, yes. We can't make ourselves believe it. But as we choose to stand on the truth over and over and over, it becomes real in our everyday circumstance. Yeah. And I would love to tell you that it takes one time of renewing your mind. Yeah and you won't worry about it anymore. And we serve a God who still heals and he still delivers and he still does miracles. But more often than not, we get to choose to stand on truth and stand on truth and stand on truth over and over until the walls of this stronghold begin to be broken down in our life. It doesn't happen instantly. And of course we have repeat. Because two minutes later, that same thought is going to come right back in your mind. And you'll get to do it again and again and again. But if you've been walking with the Lord long enough, you start to see, wow, things have changed. And it's normally when you look back and you see, wow, I'm not that same person I was. And God is really changing you moment by moment from glory to glory to be more and more of who God created you to be. You see, the Christian life is not just we get saved and we're going to heaven someday. That's really incredible. But it's not up to us to make ourselves be more like Jesus. It's up to Jesus as we participate with him to change us and sanctify us and make us more like him. We get to depend on that union we have with Jesus to begin living the true Christian life. And as we continue to stand on faith, now our thoughts and our feelings, they begin to level out. If I'm not worried about being enough anymore, I can stand up here and not have to worry about looking good or being afraid because it's not about me. It's about Jesus in me. And I can stand and I can say, wow, now I have peace. Now I can experience joy. 
Now I'm not trying to earn love. I'm not trying to earn acceptance anymore. Now it is a free gift that I'm just choosing to rest in who God created me to be. And now I don't have to cope anymore with all of that hurt and all of that pain. Now I just get to learn to live life being led by the Spirit. And I get to experience all of this amazing fruit, his love, his joy, his peace, his patience, his goodness, his kindness, his faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in my own life. So as Christians, I want you to hear me say this today. You are not the problem. You are not the problem. You are holy you are loved, you have been chosen and accepted, you are set apart. God has a plan and a purpose for you that only you can do through your unique personality, through your sphere of influence. You are not the problem. The problem is we've believed lies. And not only that, but we have been trying to handle it in our own strength, trying to fix it and hold life together, to control and to manipulate, to keep all of the good things in and all the bad stuff out and keep life from overwhelming me. But that's not how God has for us to live. So our first step is figuring out what are these lies that I believed? So, if you're a parent in here, I know the first time I saw this, I thought, oh my goodness, I've totally screwed up my own kids. Um, I want you to know that even God, he was the perfect father, right? And his kids, they still believed a lie. So no matter who you are, you have lies that you've believed. It doesn't say anything about who you are. It just shows what the enemy has um, done in your life. So we begin to recognize these lies. On the app, we put a worksheet for you all to be able to look through and start to see what are these lies that I've believed so that you can begin to fight the right fight. And that worksheet also has what are some of those things that I've turned to to try to make myself feel better. And none of it is ever gonna work to bring us peace or to bring us joy because it's not God's ultimate plan. You see, God wants us to enter into the brain battle, to begin to change moment by moment, to be more like the person that he created you to be, so that you can go out and you can do everything that he has called you to. Amen? Amen. All right, well, today my question for you is, Will you enter into the brain battle? Will you do the work of Christianity, not only to come to church, to sit week after week, to get fed, to hear what God has you say, but will you do the work to change, to get to know him? Because he has something so incredible in store for each and every one of you. Right.